It's Friday, October 1st, episode 212. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going? It's going, man. It's uh, It's been a hot minute since since we've been on. I think everyone's been busy. Tyler is out in the woods with no internet access, which, um, as I expressed in our private chat, um, disgusts me completely. <laughs> there's, nothing, right. there's nothing about that that I want, I want uh, any aspect of. But uh, otherwise, it's going good, man. It's going good. My kids slept for a, a reasonable number of hours last night, which uh, at two months old is about as much as you can expect. So nice. Stuff. Well, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and if y'all are curious, if you ever want to join us on these, we've got a few hundred people uh, listening live right now that may comment throughout the uh, the show goes Thousand. on. Thousand. You can join us. Just go to the link t.me slash tech breakfast and you can join our little TBP community. And uh, whenever we are going to do a recording, which should be three days out of the week, but the last time we did this was Wednesday of last week and now it's Friday. We uh, are going to get I'm on sorry. a schedule once we are. work gets figured out and kids start sleeping through the night consistently. It's going to happen, it's I believe. Crazy. It's crazy. Uh, crazy. But anyway, hit up that link. Come join the uh, the TBP community. It's about uh, 1,700 members in there or some factor of 10 uh, that has 17 involved. And uh, we'd love to talk with you. So some good stuff going on in there. All right. Uh, as we normally do, let's start with Today in Tech History, my favorite guessing game in the history of the world. Here we go. October 1st, you guess the year, the very first commercial compact disc player, CD player, the Sony CDP 101 goes on sale in here. I'm going to I'm not even going to tell you what, uh, what country you have two opportunities to guess, guess the country where it first went on sale. It's not the United States and tell me the year. What do you have 1986 Spain, <laughs> Spain, bro. Yep. <laughs> tell me why you said Spain. It's a great country. It's, it's a great country for sure. But is that where, when you think of electronics, do you think of Spain? I gave you my answer. Okay, okay. fine. You're right. All you right. know what? what? Does anyone else want to answer? Sure. Paul here. Uh, I don't know. 82, Japan? <laughs> Dude, you nailed it. Did you look it up? Or no, you I know did it? not. My hands were... What? Nope. When you what? think of technology, how does Japan come to, to mind? <laughs> get was... out of here, Russ. <laughs> did I actually get the year right? Yes. 1982 oh. and Japan. Well, oh, I remember being in the 80s in a mall, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, I lived it, and uh, I guess I remember. Wow. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, well, it was October 1st, 1982, and I was walking in a mall in Japan, no, <laughs> and I bought no, the very no. first <laughs> Sony CDP 101. That's never going to make any sense to me, Japan. And, and no, but I remember CDs. seeing CD players in the 80s in the store, oh, in a fancy man. high-end store here in Connecticut. Yep. What was that movie? There was uh, some movie about who wants to be a millionaire. The Wedding Singer. With the kid. Russ, you're on something today. It's definitely a Friday for you. <laughs> the Wedding Singer. a Friday all day. <laughs> there was a kid who won a million dollars on the, the game show because of all these unique experiences in his life. He knew the answer to all these odd questions. I don't know. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That is not me. I got really lucky. <laughs> I can't remember I the name. Remember. Well, you know what? To defend myself, I'm going to point out that in the movie The Wedding Singer, there was a moment where one character was describing to another character how they had gotten a compact disc player in the car and that, that was where everything was going. So 
That's why it's a significant moment in the history of compact discs or CDs, as the apparently Japanese people call them, even though I believe it should have came from Spain. So, (laughs) Slumdog Millionaire, 2008. That's that's the movie. It's pretty good. Okay, Uh, Spain's a great country, but no. Okay, let's move on to some actual news, and I got to get this one off my chest first. The uh, why do I keep wanting to say the prince? The president of Nigeria just um, unbanned Twitter after four months. So apparently, if you dig into this article, four months ago, I, I wish I could find the tweet, but he tweeted, Twitter took it down for violating Twitter's rights or rights policies. And he got pissed off, so he banned Twitter in Nigeria, um, the most populated country in Africa. And then he came back, and now he's he's all cool with it suddenly. And he says, it only needs to be used for positivity and business. I don't know. It, it cracked me up in the moment because the way this Bloomberg article was written is that, you know, the Nigerian prince was opening it up and, you know, becoming a little bit more uh, reasonable. But then you dig behind it, and it turns out that he was basically just upset because Twitter deleted one of his tweets. He's like, fine, you can't be in my country. Uh, I mean, they did ban the president of the United States of America. So did they? Oh, they did. Just, That's right. I forgot about that. Just saying that <laughs> if they can ban that guy. <laughs> well, they didn't even ban they didn't ban even anyone. ban yeah, President uh Muhammadu Buhari. They didn't ban yeah, him, you, they just you took that. down one of his tweets. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I nailed that one. Yeah, I, I just feel like at this point, like if the president of the United States, regardless of who it is, can have his profile banned completely you should be okay with like you know maybe one of your tweets getting deleted here and there right just yeah. just saying yeah. you know just it doesn't seem as funny now but it was funny at uh, 6 a.m when i was reading the news that's uh it's just pretty it's funny paul looks like you put something in the chat here what is this that i don't know if this is this is says 10-1 twitter banned in nigeria to be lifted if platform sets up a local office and pays taxes is that is that oh part of so this he's too? coming out with this uh this is more i didn't see this one so he's got more crunch. rules. He basically, so the article I read this morning was that he said it would be okay. It could come back as long as people were po- like, quote, positive and used it for business, which is an unreasonable thing because people are just going to get on Twitter and talk about, you know, sports or the weather or whatever. I mean, it's used uh, for business all the time, but to use it for positivity <laughs> seems like it goes against its terms of service. I don't, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's something you can do on that platform. Let's see. What did he say here? The president disclosed this uh, during his televised broadcast to Nigerians of the country's 61st Independence Day anniversary. Uh, congratulations. He acknowledged <coughs> the fact that Twitter is used to disseminate information. Great. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, still, he warned about bad actors who misuse the platform to, quote, organize, coordinate and execute criminal activities, propagate fake news and promote ethnic and religious sentiments. Hmm. Sentiments? Yeah, not a not, that not was a real the strong word. word there. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, be well, sharing your religious sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, I, I for sure didn't think that word was going to be sentiment whenever you said it. You know, discrimination or something. I don't know, but um, yeah. all right, fair enough. Um, President of Nigeria, uh, way to not sound very relevant. Uh, just yeah. I don't know. Not yeah. Not ideal. You definitely didn't invent the compact disc like Spain did. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I think we killed that one. What else? What, what else are y'all looking at in the news? Uh, I got one that's uh, 
interesting as well as it comes to DeFi, decentralized finance. You guys see this? Oh, yeah. What's this DeFi? snafu? I've never heard Quite, of DeFi. You've never heard of it? Man, you heard, that's no. crazy. <laughs> somebody, somebody the other day was there. They're like, I'm, I got to go down to the CFI. Somebody was like, what? Like, it's like the bank, centralized finance. Never mind. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how many times this has happened in the CFI world, but in, uh, in the DeFi or DeFi world, uh, about $90.1 million has been, has mistakenly gone out to users of popular decentralized finance or DeFi staking protocol compound after an upgrade w- went epically wrong. Whoa, wait, the what? founder is Were making up- a plea and begging people to return <laughs> the money. Bro, that's not going to work. Uh, so apparently, I, there's I also many- he's issuing a few threats <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> what? I don't know. It's, just, it's not a good look. None of it. None of it's Dude, a good look. Paul with the links, man, on the spot. As soon as you bring it up, Paul's dropping the links in the chat again. T.me/slash/techbreakfast. If you want to see this stuff. Uh, Okay, so DeFi bug so, accidentally gives $90 million to users. Yeah. So I want to know if this is like three users or like three million users. Well, let me listen to one of the uh, sort of uh, little threats he put here. He actually, so he starts off with keep 10% as a sort of white hat sort of behavior. Immediately follows it up with, otherwise it's being reported as income to the IRS and most of you are doxxed. That's, uh, that's his, that's his, he tweeted that out. You're going like, to threaten me by reporting it as income? <laughs> that's, that's what it says. I can tell you right now that so, if someone who, you know, received a million dollars and it gets reported as income and then you just give half of it back to be like, all right, cool. I'll take the 500 grand. Sure. Why not? I just. It's just amazing to me. Um, Bro, I mean, let's go around the room. Would you give this back? Let's say you accidentally got a million dollars. Man, I got to be honest. I would because I just... Dude, I'm like the biggest... When I was in elementary school, if a teacher said, don't cross this white line, and I saw another kid do it, it like made me start sweating. I was just like, oh my God, that's the rule. That's he's breaking the rule. Don't do that. I, so I just, I don't know. I feel like I just, I feel like I would. I, you know, I don't know until I'm in that situation, but my yeah. immediate thought is, is like, yeah, of course you give it back. You know, like for instance, I, I was actually given, um, I was actually given partial wrong payment one time in one of my companies that I worked for. And, and I gave that back and made sure it got to the person it was supposed to go to. Oh, they took it back. No, no, no. I fit. I physically gave it back. Okay. All right. Yeah. Physically gave it back. So, uh, it, it has happened before, but it, you know, the amount was like three grand. It wasn't a million. Um, so it becomes a little bit different to, to consider (laughs) that. So nonetheless, uh, uh, this is, this was just insane. Uh, I'm trying to find some details here. Um, looks like one person got 70 million coins. Not bad. Which looks like twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand eight hundred eleven dollars. Is that mm-hmm. right? But dude, oh, yeah, I don't know, oh, man. Wait, wait a minute, I see, I see Fake. one that says, "What's going on here?" Seventy million comp, which I guess yeah, is yeah. yeah the coin but at a price which of shows a price of two hundred ninety seven dollars per coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Huh. So this is interesting, though. Uh, How? What was this update? But first what of all, yeah, exactly. What was this update meant to do? This, this greatly concerns me. I'm I'm less concerned about ninety million dollars just going out the window. <clears throat> They'll be fine. Because there. it's not your ninety million. Well, right. But I'm more concerned about you know this is a serious issue. If uh, if they're trying to be if they're trying to be real if they're trying to play in this world if they're trying to uh, exactly what the article says. Uh, DeFi is designed to recreate tra- traditional financial systems such as banks and exchanges using blockchains enriched with self-executing smart tracks, co- contracts, sorry, smart contracts, smart tracks, we'll just call them that. Uh, you issue an update and $90 million goes out from where? I don't know what that was. Is that is that the the piggy bank that they hold some coins in to uh, um, front by the developers or, you know, anyway, whatever. But this is a big it's problem. Just, yeah, it's it was a, a one letter problem. bug. A one letter bug. If that doesn't teach you um, the importance of coding and oh my gosh, it, this know, just makes me think programming of, and all that. Yeah, you know the the East Coast region of AWS goes down and one third of the internet breaks. Um, right, it's happened a few times, and it's been just a fat finger by someone you know sending an update somewhere, which you know I can't I can't be too critical of because I've been that guy. Um, granted, I've been that guy during a DR rehearsal, which is a little different, <laughs> but nonetheless, I've been that guy. So, you know, it's just crazy to me that uh, this is. Oh, I'm you know, sorry. I'm looking at get it. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the numbers wrong here. This is uh this is 20. Why does it say 21 million? It, it, so uh, people were tweeting about um, one person said um, 29 million dollars worth of comp tokens were claimed in one transaction. Another claimed that they received 70 million comp tokens into their account or about 20.1 million dollars uh at the same time so yeah Oof. 30 million dollars 21 million dollars just showing up like that you're going to give it back are you going to keep 10 percent of it and feel good about uh, i will i will tell you that if if the messaging sent to me was go ahead and keep 10 percent, i would keep the 10 percent for sure okay um so you're happy with I, the cool I would just i would i would i would feel incredibly odd about just keeping 20 million that came my way without me, you know, winning a singing contest or something like that. <laughs> winning a singing contest. That's hard. That is really hard. I don't know. I never thought about that. You don't know until you're in the moment. Yeah. All Paul, I can tell you, you is what my gut tells me right now is that I would I would send it back. Let's see. We could we we have four 400 people listening right now. Paul, what would you do? Would you give the well, 21 million dollars back? Wouldn't want to sleep with one eye open the rest of my life. Uh, I would, yeah, return it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'd probably return it. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. That's interesting. Where, where'd you make your money? I don't know. I just, just received it. It's like, <laughs> you know, <I'd, laughs> money, money grows on phones. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's, that's what happened to me. I just opened yeah, my phone yeah. one day and I had 21 million. Daniel says, if it takes some of my time to give it back, then I'm charging a fee. There you go. Okay. Okay. You know, they say to keep 10% takes time to do it. So you keep 11%. That's right. You know, Enterprising young fellow fee. right there. All right. What else we got? What else is in the news? Um, let's see. I got one here. This is just, I guess this, this isn't really surprising. I imagine it can be done very easily, but uh, Facebook, you guys, we've talked about them before. Y'all, y'all know Facebook. It's a social media platform. Mm. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they own VR is what I understand it. Ah, gotcha. all of it, all of VR. They run VR. They run the game. Yeah, they run it. 
So you're just trying to bait it, Daniel into the conversation. I think he said he was going to stay on mute. Sort of, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I am. What's interesting is, so it says in 2019, and I I don't know the numbers here. Um, it, it looks to me like there there it's not a huge number, 19, 20, something like that of these pages, but almost all of Facebook's <clears throat> top Christian pages were run by foreign troll farms. <laughs> what? So consider Why? that for a moment. What is this? Why? Well, you know, it's interesting. So that's the headline. But if you read the article, it gets to be even more interesting in that it shows that this is an unbelievably large, I don't know if you would call it business, but definitely function of foreign entities trying to disseminate information that is misleading within America, specifically. That's okay. that's the explicit aspect of what these groups try and do. So this article is about, you know, the top 20, 19 of the top 20 American Christians were run by Eastern European troll farms overseas, but that there are a myriad of different, you know, pages that are ran like this to disseminate just crazy misleading and divisive information across Facebook to, you know, people who join a group and are probably susceptible to whatever is coming out of that group to some yeah. degree. And I just, and I, I was for money and it probably turns into a thing. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. sitting here reading this with my mouth just open. I just right. couldn't believe it. I, the I, I could never come up with this idea. I think that's where I struggle with. Right. I would never come up with the enterprising idea of let me go <laughs> troll, like run this page as a troll page for something that people are passionate about to make sure that they're getting the wrong information. Because you're not a like, serious actor. You would have returned the $21 million worth of free fake internet money. True. But still... Oh. Just you know, I, I just struggle with this. Am I good or am I less creative than these individuals? Less creative. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I was, I was yeah. flabbergasted by, by reading that one, people are doing this. Just the act in and of itself yeah. to me is insane. But, and two, is this, is this not policeable in some way? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. is there no way to somehow, I and I don't know how Facebook you do this. Cares, bro. I don't think Facebook cares. I think they take a percentage of whatever comes out of that. I mean, oh, we saw several weeks ago. I think Paul was on that call as well with Tyler. And then Russ, you joined as well, if I recall, listening back to it because I wasn't on it. But Facebook knew about um, human trafficking going on in, in South America. And they were making right. money based on the ads. And so they didn't care. And then Apple found out about it. And then Apple said, hey, Facebook, you better do something about this or we're taking you out of the app store. And they're like, okay, fine, I guess. Yep. You know, we'll, we'll like make up for it somewhere else. I don't think it's just crazy. cares. They don't. Even though they have an, you know, a founder who just you know looks a lot like someone that's just a very attractive person out there. In the world. <laughs> your, your twin brother? It's just, just saying. Um, for those of y'all that listen just, around the world. It's just amazing to me. If, if you've never seen Russ... Um, Go find him on Twitter. Look at his profile photo. Uh, <laughs> he he looks very much like Zuck. <laughs> much more suave version. Yes, more suave, Zuck. more muscular, more suave, uh, taller, yeah. smarter, faster. Definitely um, smarter. He um, I graduated better. from college. Zuck did not smell. Smells better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That was just an article that made me mad and made me feel like we need to do better as humans in the technology world. Yeah. So you yeah, know, that's tough. That's just that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Retailer Neiman Marcus says it notified four point. Neiman Marcus still exists. People still buy. Uh, what do they sell? They sell clothes. Yeah, that know. seems like a thing. 
I'm just out of that, I guess. It says it notified 4.6 million customers that their personal info, including credit card oh, numbers, cool. may have been exposed in a, just another Wonderful. day, another breach. Um, this was in May of 2020. So thanks for the heads up 18 months later, Neiman Marcus. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we discovered there was a breach 18 months ago, and uh, they had your credit card info. So. <laughs> Not but helpful. we have virus scan now, so everything's fine. <laughs> have um, you seen the websites where they say go put, go input your credit card number to determine if it's if it's on the dark web? <laughs> people, yes. God, talk oh about being gosh. enterprising and so nefarious. People are going to it and just inputting their credit card information, and they're like, "No, nope, you're seems good. Fine. Let me just <laughs> <Yeah>. do this." <laughs> and 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 you get the reaffirming message back that yeah, everything's, like, everything's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Please go spend more money so that because it throws off whenever I spend a lot of money <laughs> that I'm doing so in random places around the world. Oh, man. Do better, people. Yes. My goodness. Jeez. Okay. Um, Neiman Marcus I got, in the topics here. All right. Go ahead. In what, you got? what you got? Uh, well, we got Paul here. So this seems okay. relevant. Ford, y'all have heard of them, right? They're the, yeah. the card yeah. people. We, we were talking earlier. Got my reservation actually, for the Lightning. There you go. I, I don't know if I told you this or not, or if I mentioned it while you were You're on your it, delay, right? but I was telling Paul that the um, there is someone in my neighborhood who has a Mustang Mach-E, and I Ooh. see them almost every day that I take my daughter to school. Um, so we, we've got one in close proximity. Well, Ford picks how's your, Kentucky. How's your roof glass? How's your roof glass, <laughs> Mr. Maki? Uh, yeah, that's right, Mr. Maki, dude, bro. You better go check it. Um, no, I don't. On do the that. highway, and the roof glass just flies off and smashes into you. It's a it's Jeez. a feature, not a bug, right? Just dude, the early. I know you're trying right. to get to a story here, but the very first versions of the Corvette C8 had problems with the hood popping up or the frunk, I guess, because it's a it's a mid engine now. Uh, yeah. But the frunk would pop up on people while they're on the highway. Not a good look uh, because you yeah. can't see. That's the joke. Um, you're driving mm -hmm. and you can't see. Not a good look. Okay. Well, what, don't you not story? need to with these? The same reason why you don't need a dash screen because the car just drives <laughs> for you, right? So no big deal. You don't even need to see. I don't, I don't know why anyone would need to. Uh, uh, but I don't know that this announcement will or this article from ours will will fix any of those problems. And we've probably talked about this in the TBP community chat, which feel free to join if you want to be involved in the conversation throughout the week. T.me slash uh, tech breakfast. Ford picks Kentucky and Tennessee for $11.4 billion EV yes. investment. Three battery plants and a truck factory will add 11,000 new jobs to the region. Bravo, Ford. Man. So they're trying to ramp up. Um, I was actually watching uh, Jim on uh, the, the CEO of Ford on uh, Squawk Box the other day. Mm -hmm. They produce about 2 million cars a year, and they're ramping up in short order in the next couple of years to be able to produce 1 million uh, batteries worth, 1 million cars batteries worth of, uh, uh, of vehicles. Does that sound right? Am I saying that sentence right? I mean, um, it was a sentence. Yeah. So, I mean, they're... <laughs> They're, they're trying like of course they'll probably be selling more and more vehicles um but that's 50 percent now if i do the math right you know um one divided by two i think is 50 uh what blew my mind though is he was saying that for the the electric vehicles they've now come out with so the maki mm -hmm. and the f-150 lightning that's he was saying 
right? 80 per, well, I know that's not out yet, but he was talking about the reservations of the F-150 and the buyers of the Mach-E. He said 80% of those people are first-time Ford buyers. So the fact that Ford is going electric is bringing in a lot more a lot more customers, a lot more eyes. How could anyone be a first-time Ford buyer? That's what I thought. I didn't I mean I didn't want to say it. I want to let you react to it first, but I didn't believe those numbers. How can I, I mean, is that, that like, a, is that a bunch of 16 year olds buying that car? Right. Like, yeah. I just, that just seems if you're unnaturally America, high to me. Yeah. Chances are really high that you've owned a Ford before. Yeah. Really even high. on accident. Like, you might have exactly. bought another car and it ended up being a Ford. I just, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, had a I would Ford like this Nissan Frontier. Congrats. Yeah. Here's your F 150. There you go. Paul, our resident Teslian. <laughs> that sounded Doctor pretty cool. Paul. I don't know if people, I don't know if people use that. But it's pretty solid. And I know he's had Hondas in the past because he talked about the reliability of the Honda Accord. Even mentioned he has owned a Ford, which proves Aaron and I right uh, holistically across the entire world in this scenario because of Paul's <laughs> a study, admission a study of buying and owning a Ford. Three people. <laughs> Me, yeah, Paul. And a Dodge. Yeah. Um, just a counterpoint to this battery conversation. Even though it's good, it looks like they're going with pretty traditional battery tech. And um this article on Bloomberg kind of gives a, a counterpoint to the whole thing. So like, like really big phone batteries type of thing. Well, what are they saying? Or... Yeah. Yeah. So this article, let me um, get the right sentence here. Well, here's the headline. Pretty pro provocative. Bloomberg opinion. Another big battery. Sorry. Another big EV battery fantasy. Another letdown. Uh, electric Oof. car makers looking past cheaper and safer power options, which means their high risk ventures are rarely high reward for companies and investors. All right. Basically, what they're saying is they're going kind of a safe route using traditional battery tech, but it's maybe not all that safe. And some of these are inherently uh, prone to combusting, just uh, witnessed GM in their recent disaster with the Volt. And um, and Russ, if you could call me an Evian rather than Teslian, maybe that's better. I don't know. EV Club of Connecticut, I'm trying to be an there advocate for all brands, right? Evian, I just have to... Evian sounds good, too. Yeah, when someone doesn't buy a gas car, that's cool, right? That's the point. Um, it just so happens Tesla. Don't, don't share your EV sentiments, things. Paul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what sentiment on this show? All right. What, what, is, what do they mean by sentiment? Oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Right, I'll I said, I said pull that back in. <laughs> We're okay, off the rails. I'll try not to get too passionate and just express my sentiments. Um, batteries are a problem. I think Detroit is putting too much weight on other third-party companies, and I think some of them are going to go down in flames because of it. There's my prediction. Five or ten years okay. from now, I'm probably right. It's not well, looking out of good. curiosity. What's the situation um, though with Ford here? I'm sorry, Russ. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say third-party companies are just a way of life in almost every form of manufacturing. Oh, I understand. Yeah, but Ford's not doing that. But Ford is bringing China. everything in house. They're they're doing six square miles under not all under one roof. I think I tweeted that it was one building um, because that's what Jim Jim <laughs> said on Squawk Box, and I'm like, this isn't this isn't possible, man. Just the structural feat there, but. Uh, they're trying to do this whole uh, supply chain loop there in Tennessee, Kentucky area. Is that possible? Yeah, 11.4 billion. It's huge. Uh, biggest deal in Ford's 118 year history. No, it's cool. I, I hope it works out, right? I think the Tesla 4680 is also risky. If they come up with that new cell that looks kind of like a small beer can and actually pull that off, you could see a Cybertruck charging in 15 minutes, three years from now, versus an F 150 in 45. And that's significant. That's what it minutes? could actually mean. But that's Dude, all philosophical right now. That's I don't want my real, truck right? to charge that fast. That would scare it me. It can be done if the heat can be handled. So I'm yeah. comfortable with it. That's wild. 
so that's what it could mean, right? I'm just, it's just conjecture. We're kind of reading tea leaves, but this battery stuff, it's scary. GM got it wrong and they're paying a $2 billion price right now. Yeah. Uh, that's like trying to inflate a tire with like 5,000 PSI on one end. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you better plug it in and plug it out in less than a tenth of a second. Um, well, so, so back to the headline. Yeah. It looks like SK yeah, Innovation. Oh, sorry. It's who Ford's partnering with. So um, let's hope this article is bunk and just link bait, right? We'll, we'll see. So I, I, this is pretty new news. Uh, just yesterday, I think this this article from yeah. Bloomberg Opinion, right? A, opinion column. So you got to be yeah. careful here. But it'll be interesting to watch. Let me word it that way. That's about all I'm sure of. I think <laughs> all of this falls under that category, right? Of interesting to watch. Because I know GM oh, is yeah. also... Right. I saw another article. It's not. It's from a couple of days ago, so I don't have it up. But it was talking about the, you know the the titans of detroit that were both going head for head first to try and battle out in this in this segment and, and making crazy investments so i don't actually know what gm is doing i just know that i saw an article that mentioned that they're doing something similarly large like ford is to try and go into this segment so i think the the watch this space ability of of yeah. this of this topic is very interesting in general, and I think will be for the next decade plus. You know, I think it'll be incredibly interesting to watch what happens in that time frame with with the more traditional, I guess you would say, car manufacturers. Yeah. Yep. And just a, a closing thought: there's these things called lithium iron phosphate (LFP) batteries and NCM with nickel. So China is doing very well in the EV industry, making their own batteries, not relying on anybody. And um, some of them can be charged 100% every day without degradation. Although long-term, they might not last as long, maybe eight years instead of 15. Still, it could be good enough on the cheaper cars. So yeah, there's definitely different battery chemistries. Each company is using different tech and kind of putting billions into picking their battles. And Tesla actually has models in both camps. They got a Model 3 in China and now in America, where people, instead of having to wait six months, they're given a choice. Well, you can get your car in a month or two. If you pick this battery that you can charge to 100%, but it has a little less range, but instead of charging to 80 or 90% comfortably every day, you're charging 100, so it's pretty much a wash. Oh, so that yeah, it's there's a lot That's of twists and turns to this story. It's, it's getting complex. It is. You mentioned totally. you mentioned China. The, yeah, the complexity probably continues to go. Did oh, you yeah. see that Tesla was sued for fraud by a Chinese driver? I didn't actually read the article. I just saw I the headline, and I thought that was what. What fraud? If if you I don't know if I don't know if you know it off the top of your head, but um, that uh, I just noticed something about that early. I think it was earlier today that I saw that actually. Driver in China successfully sues Tesla for fraud. So successfully, um, Tesla's is this run the defamation of- one, or is this the person standing on the roof of their car at a car show complaining the brakes failed, but they hadn't actually, which is oh, you know what? libel. What? So there's two of them. So they have PR now in China. There's no PR really for Tesla in the United States, but China has a PR team to deal with this stuff. And they started uh, suing over it when it's, you know, um, defamation. So I think you used the word fraud. So I'm trying to find the article. Uh, yeah. Fraud here, was what was mentioned. Here, I'll drop it in the, I'll drop so it in the two, chat. Oh, here. thanks. Cool. There I'm looking at but, uh, for fraud over his purchase of a second hand model S adding to a run of setbacks for, uh, let's see. Doesn't say. According to a copy of the verdict, a car was found to have undergone major repairs following an earlier accident. With the okay, court yeah. dismissing Tesla's defense that signs of welding indicated no structural change. Yeah, Tesla I was ordered to refund the cost of the car and pay damages of three times the purchase. Three times the purchase Whoa. price. Why? Taking the total payout to more than 1.5 million yuan. 
Um, okay. So that's like what 150 grand, probably something like that. Yes. Yeah. 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 He he purchased it for 379,000 yuan, which is 58 thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. About 150 grand. So misrepresentation of the condition of the car is what the suit's about. I mean, this is this is okay. not really a it no. Happens, this is right, nothing. Any brand, but this is so. How does how does Tesla get sued? This was a second hand, so he bought it from someone else, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm seeing who, who misrep. It's saying Tesla misrepresented the condition of the car, but he bought it where? Yeah, this. I don't know. I need need to do a little more work on this one before weighing in. Boy, it's all right. Um, Interesting. It feels like maybe it was a used car. Maybe it was leased or something. Yeah. And maybe I bought it outright, and then he discovered that there was some. Um, I don't know. Welding. Yeah. yeah. Welding. And then assumed that it was a misrepresentation of the structural, but it's like nothing happened. It's not like the guy got in a wreck and lost his leg or something because the structure of the car was not great. It's just misrepresentation. So they gave him the, he was whatever. Sorry. That frustrates me. No, it's, well, it's all good. Um, that's what I'm here for. Frustrating <clears throat> articles. Frustrating. All right. Here's one for you in a Friday afternoon. And okay. I think you'll have some opinions on this. Bring it. Tesla and safety scoring and insurance. Thoughts? Have you read about this, Russ? Or no. Uh, so I have not. Dude, All right. Well, I, it's I, on the... my car. And it's pretty interesting. It takes the fun out of driving um, as it watches you. Um, but it's intriguing. Basically, they're making it. So if you bought full self-driving, you know, even years ago, like I did when it was cheaper, the only way you're going to get that ability uh, through a software update to my car will be by extremely safe driving, which is actually a bit controversial if it's actually safe because you're going awful slow sometimes or trying to avoid hard braking, hard turns. So there's some controversy there, but uh, that's unfolding right now, this week and next. Controlled by you? Or oh, give me some more details. Oh, yeah. So you're saying you have to personally drive really safe, or you have to let the car drive really safe? Okay. If or... you want the full self-driving beta opt-in, a giant button uh -huh. I clicked on after agreeing that I have to hold the wheel and pay attention, all that stuff that I am responsible um, for my actions and the car could do the wrong thing to opt into this beta. If you want to do that, great. Click this button. And now we're going to watch your driving behavior for the next week or two using their Tesla insurance algorithms and some oh. um, maybe. Yep. And then if you opt in for that, then the people that get a score of hundred percent, I think a thousand or two thousand will get rolled out, and then people that scored ninety nine percent that shows in your app your driving safety score, oh, um, then they get rolled out. So they're trying to be very careful and so you know, NHTSA and so my launch safety. control at every stoplight would put me like the last in line to get this. <laughs> so well, yeah, what thing. it says here is um, here are the factors that Tesla will be tracking to determine your safety rating. There are six of them: ABS activations, the number of times that your anti lock braking system is activated. Um, I'm assuming that's what it is, anti-lock braking system. I don't know if yep, Tesla yeah. has something else going. Uh, hours driven, so average daily driving time. Forced autopilot disengagements. A number of times autopilot is disabled due to ignored alerts. Force <laughs> or forward collision warnings. Number of times a car detects or <laughs> car detects a potential forward collision, which I hope Bro, is not a lot. I'm just I'm laughing because I just went and test drove a Tesla, the Model Y, and I triggered <laughs> and all you, those and things. And you are a liability. I, I triggered all of them. <laughs> it, it told me yeah. that self-driving wasn't, or assisted driving or whatever, wasn't, um, it was no longer available for me. Oh, you got, 
You got put in uh, auto funny. jail. Yeah, I got That's put good. in the penalty box. This is my yep. favorite one um, because I hate when people <laughs> do this. Um, unsafe following time. Portion of time spent at an unsafe following distance. Uh, yes, I am the guy who desperately wants to slam on my brakes um, whenever <laughs> you're following me too close. And then there's the intensity of acceleration and braking, which I imagine was all Beauty was doing. Uh, uh, that's trying right. to test drive this thing. Yeah. Which is... Uh, feel that, that linear, is that your that 95? Torque, is that your safety rating? And oh. it's iOS only. You have to sideload to get it on Android. So that irritated a whole lot of users. Like, uh, Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, that was a mistake. So, so they the rolled it out and you can only to... view it on the iOS version of the app. Oops. Okay. You could only see what your ratings were and what your information was if it was iOS. Exactly. Well, just so buy an iPhone. So that wasn't somebody really come on the show. The so we've talked about this before, like things like Clubhouse or things like this example from Tesla. I, I would love for if, if you're listening and you have a solid reason as to why this happens all the time, why it always comes out for iOS first or mostly mm-hmm. for iOS first or mostly for iOS for the first year or two. Please come talk to us because I can't figure it out. Maybe I'm just a dumb dumb. There, just, just so we are clear, there are things that have also released for Android first or Android only. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Times. But it's less it, common. It does go, it does, well, it's less common that you probably hear about it. That's true. Uh, more, more than likely would be my guess, but it certainly does happen. So my sentiments. <laughs> People in the chat don't believe you, Russ, that it's ever happened. Can you, can you quote one example? <laughs> that's not people that's daniel that's 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 person uh and and i actually can't quote one but i i did see one recently that that happened this this way which is why it's coming to mind that was um an application that i was actually looking to use so i can find it and show it to you but i have seen it multiple times to where it has been android only first i don't know why they would do that being that android only has twice as many phones as apple in the world Mm-hmm. De- definitely yeah. doesn't make sense to do Android only, um, but nonetheless, you know, it's, a piece of the, it's a piece of the puzzle that was a kind of a rough spot. So I threw a video in the Telegram chat. Um, now, you know, YouTube channel safety score dangerous in depth. So um, two guys talking uh, for like almost an hour going over all this is really safer. Are you driving slower to kind of gain the system? That part's tricky. But here's the thing. It seems like NHTSA was closing in on Tesla, got them in the crosshairs. Maybe they were a little bit rushed to get the app out, and maybe they just couldn't get it approved on Google you know, Play. Who knows, right? There's probably a little more behind the scenes. We just don't know. Um, but they got it out. You know, There's been a lot of heat. People paid for this feature years ago, and they're waiting patiently for it. I knew darn well it was an experiment I was getting into, but it's something I've been thinking about for 30 years. We, The whole fleet, there's a million Model 3s on the road. I would love for them to all be safer, including my wife's car, where we didn't pay for anything beyond basic autopilot. She'll have no full cell driving. She doesn't care. She doesn't go on the highway much. But wouldn't it be great if her car learns more about the road and becomes a safer vehicle because mm-hmm. of what the fleet taught all of our cars collectively. And that's what yes. that's what's happening. That's sure. that's why I'm excited to be a that's part really of this. That's really cool. Forget that's the really controversy cool. of this short span of time where we're at the edge of the future here trying yeah. to move into a little more autonomy on, on the road. We already have it on the highway. Autonomy is great on the highway. Around yeah. town's a whole different world, and it's far more stressful to watch autopilot. So I now have, let's see, 100 miles or so plus in the last week. And, yeah, I drove to an electric car open house yesterday at a local university, uh, Central Connecticut State University. It was great talking to college-age kids about electric cars. Uh, my wife and I had a blast. But driving there was kind of boring, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> and um, I didn't – so, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, 
that's what I do as a, a nerd on my day off because I have so much fun talking to other people, getting their perspectives on what they're thinking about. And hearing a younger audience thinking about how do they charge at an apartment, they had all the right questions. It was absolutely a blast to talk to about probably three dozen kids uh, or students, 21-year-olds roughly. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, um, that's it. My wife has no interest in trying it. Passengers like a nice smooth driver, right? Imagine you're driving with raw eggs in your back seat and you don't want to brake too hard. You don't want to turn too hard. You're trying to keep that car nice and you know, good for your safety score. Cool, comfortable for passengers looking down at their phone or whatever. But I got to say for the driver, certainly not that fun creeping up on an on-ramp where there's no other cars around. It's a straight shot and you're going 20, 25, 30. You know, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This must be why the the local Model Xs won't race me from the the stoplights lately. They're probably waiting for their FSD to get here. So, (laughs) so, So that whole autopilot, only 10%, I think, of people are opting in. Forget all that. The cars okay. are fun, right? So what was your test drive like, Aaron? What would you think? It's awesome. I, I mean, I want go. one. I want one. Yep. So once you've driven electric, it's hard to not remember what that felt like, right? Any electric, yeah. really. Most, yeah. you know, well, yeah. for, me, yep. for me, it's not even. It's not just electric. It's, it's the whole interface and experience that you get from interacting with Tesla, with, with a Tesla vehicle. Mm. It's, it's incredible. It's next level makes every other car feel dumb so um okay let's uh let's move off of that um i'm curious what y'all think you probably saw the amazon robot astro I'm curious what y'all think about that have you seen anything around it uh i have seen it uh, i immediately just thought it was dumb okay and I moved on. <laughs> you're like no way yeah i i don't know there was i had no interest in it at all. Uh, I think it would need to do more. It'd have to be like some of these robots that I've seen used in restaurants that can actually deliver food and stuff yeah. like that. You deliver food to me and, eh, you know, maybe maybe we can talk. Uh, <laughs> if you just kind of roll around my house and run into my Roomba that's already running into other things, I don't know. It doesn't seem like <laughs> Paul, Paul just dropped a link. Amazon Astro is terrible and will throw itself downstairs, <laughs> developers reportedly claim. <laughs> oh my gosh it's a pretty good headline from the verge i mean come on that is awesome <laughs> but yeah it's a thousand bucks and it's a roving robot goes around your house to patrol your home autonomously what does that mean is it patrolling for like me um or what like what is it looking for uh spill on aisle three you know uh answers commands and serve up reminders so i already have four kids i don't need another one that's constantly reminding me about things i don't you know <laughs> i'm trying to figure out why this is useful apparently it can bring you stuff but it's tiny it's like it comes up to not even your knee how's it going to grab anything and bring you stuff i don't know i'm not seeing anything yeah. here <clears throat> um, there's it's just nothing that I that I see there that looks interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's 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 probably a prototype that they released that they shouldn't have. Personally, yeah. You know. So, do you have any concerns about the fact that Amazon would be putting a robot in your house that is now patrolling your home and has features what they call visual ID, which enables it to recognize um, one user from another, or basically any humans in your house? Uh, what do you think? Is that something that scares you or you're just like, yeah, I don't really care because people were all up in arms about an Alexa, like a device that's just listening to you. And now you have a robot that can move freely about the house, apparently controlled autonomously, but also has cameras on it. 
do you I'm, I'm getting like way tinfoil hat here but do you imagine there's any developers that can look like access into that and then take control and drive it around and whatever you know what i mean not now it's not just audio recording but audio and visual recording what do you think you know i i'm not thinking about it initially i mean as you say it i guess i think about it a little bit um I struggle to go to the negative aspect of this quickly. Okay. I think I, I assume positive intent and I, there's probably a way that it could be misused. Like most things. I also assume that most of the people that would make that complaint have unbelievably terrible security practices just out of ignorance in their own lives with every device that they have. So you mean everyone, you mean 99% mm. of humans. Yeah. So that's, there's where my struggle is, is <laughs> right. You know, I, I got people who just make this assumption about things that are safe and secure and that hold your privacy. And almost all of those things end up not being what you think they are. Even, even Apple devices that are championed like this. So I just, right. I struggle with that. I mean, like for instance, I'll give you an example. I have in my house, 60 devices connected to my network. 59 of them will every single day that they're connected online do what is constituted as an abnormal upload by my firewall network monitoring device every day 59 out of the 60 that includes a mac os device an ipad an iphone an android phone windows devices uh, android tablets fire tvs all of it my Vivint security device, all of it does this. The only device in my house out of those 60 that doesn't do it is a System76 Lemur Pro, which is an open source computer with open source firmware that runs Pop! OS, which collects zero data about anything. So every device, my wife's iPhone gets flagged more than any other device in this house, including <laughs> sure. my Pixel 5. So it's just... a. Uh, and I look, I'm not even stating this as a negative thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. pointing this out as most people wouldn't understand or or it would it would probably surprise a lot of people who have zero visibility into what their network is doing. And then they're going to question whether or not this device is secure or safe. So I, you know, I just there's yeah. where I struggle with any of these devices and people's thoughts around them. So that's that's my stance on any of this stuff that goes in the home. Like if that's going to be a real concern of people, they probably need to look at the rest of their life around them before sure. they start making this, you know, thoughts and sharing opinions on that type of stuff. I don't know. It's sort of a rant, but I just that's I hear fair. this stuff all the time and it's so uninformed by people who just don't don't understand or or use technology in their day to day life in a in a more I don't know, I guess knowledgeable way, I guess if that makes sense. Well, so, lucky for know. you, that's we allow rant. rants. We allow rants. We do not allow sentiments. Okay. So just keep it on the There will never be any sentiment on this show. Absolutely. And thank you, Paul, because I was exactly looking for this. You just posted in the chat uh, around the, the drone, the, the surveillance drone. So this was announced last year, the 2020 Amazon hardware event, the Ring Always Home Cam. It's apparently now ready for takeoff. So starting three days ago, September 28th, you could that wasn't released last year. That's only just no, now. it wasn't. Yeah, because we talked okay. about it on the show a year ago. Yeah, I just don't remember. And then we were talking about this this uh, robot thing, or I was with somebody, and then somebody mentioned the the surveillance. They're like, "Whatever happened to that thing?" Well, apparently, three days ago, uh, you could 
start requesting an invitation to be a crash test dummy for Ring's newest uh, innovation. So this is a $250, basically a Ring doorbell that's attached to a drone that sits in a base and charges inside the base and takes off and flies around your house while you're while you're not home. And if it sees something moving, then it can, you know, flag an alarm or whatever. So anyway, that's what happened to that. I guess it's still there. I, yeah, I guess, I didn't, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that these are both Amazon technology. I should mention, I was installing some uh, garage door, not openers, but um, like uh, IoT devices so that I can open them from an app. And it's just a basic, small, it's a, really inexpensive device from my queue that does this, but I noticed something that I f- I'd completely forgotten about speaking about people and security concerns. The, the whole Amazon deliver inside of your house thing. Oh, this device has the yeah. ability to like enable, I think it's called Amazon key. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I just think of that as just uh, just a funny sort of aspect of, uh, I, I have most certainly heard now, granted, this is um, my lovely aunt. She's phenomenal. Uh, talking about security concerns and things like that. But then also like two months later, telling me how cool it was that Amazon could deliver things inside of her garage. And I just thought or that inside that your funny. front door. Yeah. They'll or do inside it. your front door. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in, in, my, in, my, in my case, it was the garage because I had the, the key thing on it. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Smart lock in your front door. I, yeah. I wish I knew how many people were doing that. I sort of, th- I sort of assumed that that service would die. But the fact yeah. that I just bought a device that, I, that keeps begging me to enable it. Um, I thought was incredibly interesting. So uh, I, I swear I'm not trying to get tinfoil hatty, but you don't like it doesn't concern. Does it concern anyone that like if you look at all these things, it's like it's like tentacles into your life, like every aspect of it, whether it's I a, think, a, I think that yeah. most people would probably argue, you know, absolutely all of these things pose some form of, of risk, definitely to privacy. Yeah. But even if, but even I if also think phones to, by themselves yeah. do this. And I, I agree. I agree. Cause people are always like, oh, you know, you're going to whatever, let people track you, blah, 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 with all this kind of stuff. And it's like, hello, your phone, you know. Right. But yeah, whatever. Anyway, sorry. I get off of that. No, you're, you're fine. I, I think it's an interesting point. I, I just, before we wrap this thing up, I did promise Daniel in the chat that I would talk about this. Um, so obviously, I've mentioned that my my dad, uh, I was I've mentioned to people in TBP that that I was getting my dad an iPhone for his birthday, mm-hmm. and m- a lot of most of my family for the last several years have all been on Android phones, and and even they struggled at times to to send any form of media effectively because Android's text with SMS and MMS by default, and unless you have a phone built in like the last two years, which will now use RCS on basically Samsung and, and uh, Pixel devices. I've gotten so frustrated, especially since having kids over the last three years with my parents' inability to send media files on a phone in good... Qu- I mean, so frustrated. It's been so unbelievably annoying because I have shown them the app to use. I have even messaged them on WhatsApp and then they will reply with SMS. I don't understand how that happens. Watching you're other laughing. people. I know because watching other people work their phone is one of the most maddening things I've ever that I it's whatever. It's not it's, it's actually not. That's it's severe hyperbole, but because I immediately started thinking about all these other things that were much more maddening. But it's so intriguing. You can see into someone's mind and I don't know. 
watching someone else watch, operate their phone. <laughs> watching them work is interesting. And, and, I, and I've told yes. the story before about how my stepdad and then a person who we were working with to get the, the customizations done at my house were sitting there talking to each other about how much they both loved each other's phones. Yeah. I mean, they were describing them as the same phone, but one was a Samsung Galaxy device and one was an iPhone. <laughs> of two different generations. They didn't even know the difference. So you know, so these are the people that I'm speaking about. And I love them to death. But I have gotten so frustrated because I, there's so many things that keep me from buying an iPhone. That, that I, and I've mentioned them. And, and I just I, I cannot bring myself to do it. Even though I have other Apple products, I just do not like the workflow on a phone. I have had one before. I feel very limited. So, But I would love if I could. I would be willing. I would pay for iMessage monthly, which... Most of you know, I don't even like monthly subscriptions, but I, I would do Apple. it if it would solve this problem. So I charge them 30% more. I've decided to solve this problem myself. Okay. So what I'm doing, and there's a couple different services out there that do this. The most common of which is called Air Message. There's also another one called um, like Blue Bubble or something like that. And there's another one that's much more interesting called Beeper. Now, Beeper is a service that I believe is going to be phenomenal if it gets to work, depending on how comfortable you are with the scenario. It uses the matrix protocol. So matrix, dis, the same thing that we're talking about putting Twitter on top of, but matrix as a, as a disaggregated sort of protocol that a, allows you to do encrypted sort of text messaging or, or messaging in general, not text, but messaging in general across the internet. What that, what beeper does is that it will aggregate all of your different messaging platforms from basic SMS to an MMS to Teams or Slack or uh, Signal, Telegram, even iMessage across Android, iOS, Windows, Linux, Mac. What was it called again? The one that I'm talking about right now is called Beeper. That's the bigger message aggregation service, which, by the way, is paid for. It's $10 a month. But you can't just go sign up for it. It's it's relatively early. I, I've signed up, but you have to like wait in a queue for them to come and and actually help you get it set up. Are there any vowels in it, or is it just like PR and they pronounce he, it? Uh, Paul put it into the chat. It's oh, there B-E-P-E-R. it is. Okay. That's so, just, that's a joke about. I saw a tweet guy saying, "Hey, when we hit Web 3.0, will the vowels come back to these product names? Because <laughs> <laughs> you get like sprinkler and it's S P R K." or NKLR, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It is true. That's actually a fairly good point about the naming conventions that we've seen in the last few years. So yeah. there's Beeper. Um, there's AirMessage. AirMessage is a free one, by the way. And, and it only yeah. it only focuses on iMessage across Android and iOS. And I've known about these services for years, but they, they aren't trivial to get going. Uh, but I, I've just... Because now, at this point in time, there's some semblance of relevance for me because... All four of my parents, my parents are both divorced and remarried and have been my entire life. So I have four parents. So my four parents, my brother, uh, his phone broke and his carrier gave him a free iPhone. So I, you know, why wouldn't you take it? So he got that. His wife ended up getting one. And then my other sister got one. So literally half of my immediate family has moved to iPhones in the last probably two years. And so with that, I've I've now realized that the way that I can solve this problem is just by finding a way to adopt iMessage. And so I will use AirMessage oh, use at Beeper? first. Okay. You can use Beeper, but I've signed up for Beeper. I have no it, it could take a year before I get into that program. Oh, but you're talking they, about AirMessage on Android, which allows you to communicate with I, iMessage? Correct. 
Wow. But, but here's how you have to do it. Here's the kicker, because it's not easy. Well, the setup does not look difficult at all. You have to have one of two things, either an always-on Mac computer, which uh, I do actually have. Glass. My my wife, well, I don't have one. My wife has an old Mac computer, which is the only reason why it's ever online is actually whenever I'm tinkering with it. Sure. Um, and it's it's the one of my devices that sends one of those random upload things. It doesn't even run yeah, the yeah. latest version of iOS. It's not sufficient. It's not. It's old. It's it's just it's crappy. It's busted. Or you can use a jailbroken iPhone to be able to do this. Okay. And and you, what you do is you run a hosted server on on a Mac. I'll just use it as an example. And then you attach an email ID, just like I do on my iPad. I have an email ID where people can use FaceTime. They can call me on FaceTime with just my email without an attached phone number. You do the exact same thing for iMessage. And so what you do is you use the Mac, always on, on the internet, with iMessage hosted on there, attached to your email address, and then it just forwards it to your phone using their application. Hmm. And, and it's encrypted. So that is my plan. I'll, I'll, I'll update the show when it works. I ordered a Mac Mini, uh, which should be here, I don't know, sometime in the next two weeks. And I'm going to set it up. It will be its only purpose in life is to to run this this server application, at least Air Airtable for the moment. I you know when I get accepted That's in the beeper, I'll see what I'll use for that. Just to get like, just to get everyone kind of working on the same comms. That's well, it has been, it has been, it's, it's, it's a good point. It is As a lot of it, getting everyone I guess on it, Telegram or something. I, I get, I guess it's, well, see, that's the thing is you would think, but I have yeah. tried to, to the point of, yeah. I have installed. Oh, I get it. WhatsApp on everyone's phone. Everyone for it. them. Yeah. I've shown them how to use it. I've even messaged them on it. Everything. Once I received a message in my default texting app, as a response to my WhatsApp message, I realized there was no hope. You're like, that's ah. when I knew. That's when I knew it was over, and yeah. I decided, I was like, you know what? I know this has been done. Let me just go see how this thing's going. And you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to order a Mac Mini, and I was going to order one off eBay, which is what most people do. But I basically decided, I was like, you know, I, I have a return period. If this thing doesn't work, yeah, then I'll send it back to Apple. And if it does work, you know, I'll use it for however many years that it's necessary. And these things have phenomenal resale value. I mean, if you go look on eBay, you, yeah. some stuff that's from like 2014 is selling for half the cost that they bought it for. So there's really no way to lose in that situation compared to buying it on eBay. I was only going to save like 150 bucks anyways. So I went and just ordered a new one from Apple. should be here in uh, two weeks. And I'm going to try it. And I'll update the show, let you know how it works. In fact, Aaron, nice. you're probably going to be one of my guinea pigs to okay. see if it works. Good, man. So that's what we're going to do. Let's try it out. I'm, I'm super interested. But, uh, dude, anything other than, like, I've got some friends that have started creating some group chats. I don't know what it is, but I guess something that Verizon is doing, people are creating these Verizon messaging groups, which allows the creator of the group to see who everyone is, but everyone else just gets a, a, a number. And it's a number format that's that's not the same as the way it's stored in your what? phone. So even if you have that number saved, it just shows up as a random number. It's mad that's weird. weird. Anyway, okay, uh, we got to shut this down, man. I think we're way over time. Um, I got one last thing to mention, and I haven't mentioned anything about CrossFit yet today. I just haven't said it. So there we go. I've said it. Um, I'd like to mm -hmm. brag that I learned how to do pistol squats today. Um, you know, so 
There it is. All right. So the last thing here, uh, United Airlines announces Apple Health integration for verifiable COVID-19 vaccination records. So the way this works is uh, customers with upcoming travel requiring proof of vaccination, which I have yet to see if that's even a thing. That's where I just kind of stopped. I was like, what? Um, is that happening? Do you, ha do you have to prove vaccination? And I mean, I am vaccinated, but that's a that's another step forward that I haven't seen. Um, but customers can now select an option to allow United Airlines to receive your Apple Health um, card, which will show whether or not you've been vaccinated. So then you pass pass to that thing. So there you go. There it I is. I haven't seen it, but uh, I don't know. It seems smart to me because it seems like it'd just be very easy for. Is that happening though? Like that 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 was my question. Are y'all seeing? Um, proof of vaccination being required? I think the only places that I've seen it announced are at um, large public events, sporting events, um, esports events have done it. Uh, okay. And stuff like that. Manhattan indoor restaurants require, but I haven't actually eaten at them. So I visited Manhattan like, and to, and to go from one place to another. I think Canada started talking about it. Like to go to fly from one city to another in Canada. Is that right? I think you'll see more of this. If you're not vaccinated, I mean, you can't get on the plane. Okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, there you go. Cool. That's well, it sounds like that's going to do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. Paul, thanks for jumping on. It wasn't even scheduled. And that's what, you know, that's what the people need to know. You don't even have to be scheduled to come on the Tech Breakfast Podcast. No, because we schedule look. it in the community. You can see if you're in there, t.me slash tech breakfast. You can just go in and see when the next show is, and then you can join. That's right, which is exactly oh. what happened today. And we, we've and we got to us. Paul's on here. Joey's in here. He's just listening, you know. Platinum, Daniel Platt, was in here for a while. Uh, I tried to provoke him to speak. Didn't work. So bravo, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, come join us, you know. But otherwise, thank you for listening. And uh, like it, share it, tell your friends about it, give us some feedback. Until then, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Adios.